Man, for the first time since the first week of the season, your Milwaukee Brewers lose back-to-back games as, unfortunately, they got shelled by the L.A. Dodgers on Sunday. But don't forget, the Brewers took three out of four. The national media doesn't want you to know that. They don't want you to, to remember that the Brewers took three out of four from the reigning World Series champions. No, no. They'll only focus on that 16-4 to victory. But, yes, the Brewers unfortunately lost. 16 to 4 Sunday. And then last night, the Brewers definitely could have won that game, but lose to the Philadelphia Phillies 4 to 3. Rowdy, good morning. What a bummer, especially for Avicel Garcia in the 8th inning getting picked off at first base. What was that? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> Those type of games that you watched last night way more frustrating than losing game 16 to four. Yes. Cause on Sunday I saw the watching around like, I don't know the third inning <laughs> last night. You just kept watching and watching and watching. And then in the ninth, the Brewers had their chances too. Uh, but obviously it was a low cane that struck out finally to uh, end it and have the Phillies win. But yes, that one was a frustrating one. Last yeah. Night. And, and with obviously Garcia making a mistake like that in the eighth inning when you were putting pressure on that Phillies bullpen, you were putting pressure Mm-mm. on the closer Mm-mm. for him to make a mistake like that. Is he sitting today? He has to. I mean, he's not playing much uh, higher level baseball than little league. When you make mistakes like <laughs> that, that was such a bad mistake. That was like, I was like, what are you doing, dude? Come on, broski. Uh, so he's sitting, uh, maybe sitting today. I should say, if Rowdy was the manager, he would you'd 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 tell him right after the game last night he's sitting today, right? And he probably wouldn't have came back into that game. <laughs> so he's sitting potentially, if you're you know letting Rowdy manage the team. But Nelly, there's this as well. Yesterday, the Milwaukee Brewers did it. They sent down, optioned, Keston Hira. Craig Council, we got comments from him upcoming. But Keston Hira has been sent down. Are we, are we going to start hitting the panic button on Keston Hira? Or is this, hey, 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 calm down. This is exactly what he needs. Just a little little time away. Get himself right. Because aren't the minors starting now? Yeah, minors start today. So is, is, is this a freakout time for Keston Hira and sending him down? Or is this like, all right, players go through these kind of slumps, little ebbs and flows. Let's get them right, get them correct, down to the minors, and bring them back up. What do you think? Well, I think Keston Hira is still a really young player. I mean, Keston Hira hasn't had a full season under his belt in the major leagues. What, he had about half a year in 2019 and then roughly 60 games in 2020? <laughs> yes. So, so we're, we're okay? One, I think it's just go down there, see a lower level of competition, catch your breath, you know, iron out some kinks, and get back to playing first base for the Milwaukee Brewers. Plus, it won't hurt for him to learn a little bit more at first base when you don't have as much pressure on succeeding or hitting the baseball. Oof, yeah, um, right here. They, but I, I think there's a bigger problem than just Keston here. I think if you look at the whole Brewers team, I think there's a first base problem. Oh, there's definitely a first base problem uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Do you, is, because, I mean... Sometimes you think is there a hitting problem? When you when you look at what they've been doing at first base, Keston here is obviously not hitting his weight. And with how heavy Vogelback is, you question if he's hitting half of his weight. <laughs> Hey, Vogelback, uh, Vogelback had a hit last night. but He yeah. did have a hit last night. Well, yeah, he's batting 172. Oh, my God. That's um, Let's see here. For the lineup last night, that was second worst on the team. No, third worst, excuse me. No, second worst. Uh, I won't count Reyes as the pinch hitter. But Low Kane, who came back, 167. I know he hasn't played. 
Uh, but Locaine had himself a dinger last night, his first at-bat. He hit one out. But back to the first base fiasco, Yeah, Craig Council was talking about it, saying Keston Hira is their long-term first baseman, and they're you know he's going down just for a little break, not because of his defense, but because of his stick, obviously. And they want Hira to get it right. But I was uh, looking up some of Keston Hira's stats, Rowdy. It's the WRC plus, the rated, I'm sorry, the weighted runs created plus. So many stats in baseball, right? Keston Hira this season is 48 weighted runs created plus. That's 48. Is bottom 10 of qualified hitters. His 36% strikeout rate is in the bottom five. And I guess you could say the Brewers have been really patient with him this season. But again, as you just said, minor league startup today, they kind of had to be patient because if they were to send him down, he would literally would just be, you know, helping out the janitorial staff at the alternate site and maybe hitting off a pinching machine, right? Yeah, it didn't make sense to send him down because if you sent him down to the alternate training site, it's basically glorified batting practice, infield, outfield, you know, it's a glorified practice. Yeah. Just trying to stay sharp for if you actually get the call to come up to the big leagues when the minor leagues aren't playing. Yeah. So he wouldn't have been getting any type of at-bats that were meaningful at all. Yeah, exactly. So Keston here is 36% strikeout rate, bottom five in the majors. Now, what have we known about Keston here since he came up, Rowdy? He strikes out a lot, right? Like, that's that's one of his things that he does. His, uh, his rookie season right here, he punched out at a 30.7 rate. Obviously, 36% this year is higher, and you like it lower. But Keston here, isn't that kind of what you had with him? A guy that would hit a lot of home runs, but also strike out a lot? But isn't that what baseball is now? Well, one, Keston here, once he got to the higher levels of uh, the minor leagues and then the major leagues, all of a sudden those strikeouts started coming. Because yeah. he did not have those numbers in the lower levels of of uh, minor league baseball. But I also think if you look at his swing, it feels like, doesn't he feel like with that swing? He's going all out to hit it out of the park every single time he yeah. swings a bat. Yeah. Uh, what Seth McClung, former Milwaukee Brewer, called Icon uh, dub it the She Gone movement. She Gone. Either you hit a home run or you strike out, aka the She Gone movement. Yeah, that's um, that's Kesson Hero. So let's see here. Uh, see, so swinging rate as a rookie. Blah, 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 I don't care about that. Uh, Rowdy, real quick, couple comments here on the first base problem. So Keston Hero, we'll hear from Craig Council coming out, uh, coming up about Hero. Uh, but back to back to Vogelback really quick. Our guy Mr. Prime on Twitch says Vogelback is a bum. He looks like he got called up from the beer league. <laughs> and then Bookhound seventy five morning brothers. He says, "Is it me or is base running poor on this team? Pickoffs, trying for third or home, etc." Last night that was that was tough from obviously Al Garcia. That was that was bad. Yeah, he had nowhere to go. That was bad. He he was the tying run. That that You know when there's a egregious error and you can just immediately feel like, "Oh god, this, the Brewers are going to be doomed from this error." You ever feel that? I know you do. When you there's this error you're like, "Uh-oh, the floodgates are about to open." You know that feeling of impending doom after a a stupid error. Last night after the base running fiasco, I was like, "Well, I had a feeling that they maybe come back." And, you know, tie it or take the lead. But right when, obviously, El Garcia got caught, I'm like, yeah, that was it. The Brewers just doomed themselves. That was the chance, and they screwed it up. Now, the offense didn't play well for the Milwaukee Brewers. They obviously scored three runs. Maybe without some uh, mental errors, they have the opportunity to score a few more runs there. But the biggest three things in my mind when you look back on that game and why it was so frustrating on how they lost, well, one, 
you had uh, Luis Urias's error, which was a mental error, just a bad throw. It was tough. And that cost him two runs. I mean, Adrian Hauser threw the ball pretty well outside of the uh, Real Muto home run. Yeah. He threw the ball pretty well. I think you have, what, two earned runs, right? And so you have the Urias error at shortstop throwing it uh, over first base. You have the Avisel Garcia error, which was a mental error, getting picked off first base when Stupid. you were the tying run in the eighth inning. I hate that. And you already had an, a closer on that's trying to get a five-out save. And I would say the other the other negative for that game was two for 12 hitting with runners in scoring Ooh, position. Yeah, uh, left eight runners on base. Two for two 12. Two for 12. Yikes. The Phillies were hitting pretty good with runners in scoring position, weren't they? Um I forget what it was. Well, the Phillies really didn't leave anyone on base because once they got guys on no. base, they scored them. Yeah, they left four runners on base to the Brewers, eight runners on base. I mean, base. the Brewers had more base runners than Philly. They, they had, had one more, more hits hit. than Philly. Just one error. They just couldn't score them. And that's what's so frustrating in a 4-3 to three loss where you got a good pitching performance. Yeah. The bullpen didn't give up a run, and you had opportunities. Yeah. It was a frustrating loss for the Milwaukee Brewers, and the first time they lost back-to-back games since the first week of the season, and that was against the Twins. So, I don't know, you get Kane back, you get Yelich back. Some good news is, you know, Lorenzo Kane did hit a home run. It's nice to see him back doing that. And, what, Christian Yelich went two for four. So it's nice to see Yelly get back here and actually, I don't know, not look, I wouldn't say lost, but look better on the mound. Or I'll look say this, batting. though, too. The Brewers need to get their catchers back. Yeah, oh my God, I know. When you're playing with two AAA catchers, and and basically, <laughs> basically at this point in their careers, one of them is a quadruple A catcher. Yep. Where he's like 30 years old, still catching in AAA, back and forth between the big leagues and AAA, and the other one's becoming an old prospect. Man, they need to get Narvaez and Pena back. Bad, big time. What it was Pena with the broken was fractured it a, big toe, big toe, right? And then um, he's only expected to be on the DL for those ten days. Yeah, it's supposed to be short because it's the it's the little small fracture in the toe where it's it's yeah. not like it's like a huge injury, but it's it's painful, just a little nagging and, pain. Yeah, it takes about a week or two to heal. And what happened to Narvaez? What's uh. The Nervias one, I'm not exactly sure. What was his? Yeah, because he was placed that. on the IL over the weekend. Oh, okay, okay. So on the Brewers and guys on the IL, it is uh, insane of how many people there are. Yeah, no Bryce Harper last night either. Uh, sore left wrist. Uh, their manager was saying he's hopeful that uh, they're going to avoid that. Harper's going to avoid the injury list, so he might even. Well, I think the the, the one big thing with uh, not having Pena and Nervias. Oh, Cinderella man says it's pulled Hammy for Nervias. Great. That'll be a nagging injury. Yeah, awesome. Who, who knows if that's good enough after two weeks or that'll be a two-month thing. Let's rub some dirt on it, Nervias. But uh, I think another thing that you miss with those, besides obviously their ability, is uh, their well, their ability to call the game. <laughs> yeah, because, yes, to your point, like the connection the catcher has with the pitching staff that we have so far has been so nice. Now you got some guys that are just like, you know, don't have the rapport and have the feeling of the game. Uh, Mr. Prime on Twitch says, bring in Jake Taylor. <laughs> got to get your major league reference in. I don't know, those knees Those knees in the early 90s, late 80s were already uh, failing him. Now in the year of 2021, I don't know if his knees are even going to be there anymore. They're uh, just, uh, you know, barely bone on bone. Well, you would think that when you look at some of the injuries that the Brewers have, you would think that pretty soon 
that you're going to get some of these guys back, right? You would you would hope so. I mean, Brett Anderson's got the hamstring. But the way it's going, though, Rowdy, I feel like more players are just going to end up being going on the IL. <laughs> Brett Brett Anderson <laughs> has the hamstring, which is probably that's a nagging injury. Yep. Who knows if that's two weeks or if it's two months? Then if you go right down the list of the IL, Corbin Burns, you would expect he'd be back after ten days because his is just a sickness. Yeah. And it was safety and protocol, aka COVID. He got the Rona. Possibly. So you think he wouldn't? It wouldn't take him too long to come back. Mm-hmm. And then you have some of the other names that are on that list. Limbloom, I believe, is expected to make a, yeah, he's a rehab back. start today in the minor leagues. Yep, I saw that yesterday. So that's another one that hopefully you'd be back sooner than later. We already talked about Nervaez, where that could be a nagging injury. Uh, Manny Pena should be back after yep. the 10 days, so back. that should be shortly. Jace Peterson's got another nagging injury with the hamstring and quad. God. And then uh, you would think Daniel Robertson would be back soon because oh, this concussion. was a seven-day concussion. Yeah, because the dirty, dirty Chicago Cubs throwing and hitting him in the face and the head. Uh, what about this? Mr. Prime says, honestly, bring back Jonathan Lucroy. He's a free agent right now. <laughs> would you, If the injury bug keeps rearing its ugly head, Rowdy, and Manny Pena and you know Omar Narvaez are continuing on, would you throw a flyer at, uh, at Luke? Luke. No. No. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Prime. Uh, we're in the we're in the winning business, not the feelings business. But yeah, so hopefully they're expecting to get at least what maybe a handful of guys back by uh, in the, within the next week. Yeah, so, but there's also a handful of guys that are on there that you know are going to be out for a while. Yeah, uh, Mr. Prime, do you still have a Jonathan Lucroy like T-shirt jersey or something? But yeah, Rowdy, to your point, uh, you know, with all those people on the IL and hopefully coming back. The fact that the Brewers are able to navigate all of this while still being 17 and 12, one of the best records in baseball. I know they're tied right now, first place of the NL Central with the Cardinals, but the fact that the Brewers are able to do this and still be up there with the likes, oh, I don't know, of like the Cardinals, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Boston Red Sox, the Oakland A's, which is crazy to say in the in the Kansas City Royals. The Brewers, Rowdy, are like the one of the best teams in baseball with a bunch of guys that you don't even know who they are, like the average Joe Schmo. You're like, who are these people, where do they come from, and how do they get here, and how are the Brewers one of the best teams in baseball? And that's exactly why they need to get these guys back yes. and why they need to get these guys back and being productive because you can't win baseball games long-term like this. No, because what's baseball? Doesn't it average out eventually? Yep. Doesn't water find its level? Yep, and the longer you play without a, a lot of your uh, starters or your better players, the more you're going to be exposed. So oh, I'm hoping man. that they get these uh, guys back here, or a lot of them back here in the next week. All right, so let's go to uh, Keston Hero, though. I asked Rowdy in the 6 o'clock, or the, it is the 6 o'clock hour, but at 6 o'clock, <laughs> <laughs> at 6 o'clock, is it time to be worried about Keston Hero? And Rowdy, you had said, what? It's like, nah, it's, it's not time to be worried. It's like, you just got to... He's a young player, right? And you, it's ebbs and flows of a season and a career. Well, yeah. he really hasn't played in that many games when you really think about it because he didn't come up right away in 2019, if you remember, because they allowed Travis Shaw to con- continue to struggle mightily for a long time. Then they brought him up. He played for about two weeks or so, two to three weeks, I think it was. Then Shaw was ready to rejoin the team. Then he struggled even more. So when they brought Shaw back up, they sent him down. And then when Shaw was given another couple of weeks and continued to struggle, then he was brought up for good yeah. and allowed to play at the big league level. So, I mean, 
he probably only played a little over half of a season at the major league level in 2019. And then in 2020, it was 60 games. 60. I mean, that, that, it, he doesn't it feel like he's been up for a long time? It feels like he's been up for like a few years, like like four years. But it's really, it, it hasn't even been one full season. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So uh, reading here about the struggles of Hira, you know, Hira uh, has stopped making consistent contact on pitches over the plate. And we've seen that every time we've seen him up the, uh, this year. It's like he looks lost. Uh, sometimes he'll surprise you, but usually he looks lost. So whether it's high-velocity fastballs, hanging breaking balls, or even slower fastball right down the middle, Hira's not even touching them. Um, in April, his contact rate on pitches in the strike zone was 59.4%. That was the worst among all qualified hitters, but also the second lowest zone contact rate on record by a qualified hitter through the first month of the season, dating back to 2002 when they started keeping track of this. Jesus. So the only hitter to beat it, they say, is Chris Davis back in 2009 when he began the season with a zone contact rate of just 56.5% and got out of it. Keston Hira right now was at, uh, in April, I guess, was at 59.4%. Oofta. Uh, Craig Council talks on Keston Hira saying, hey, you just need time off, get a new environment. This is a decision that we've discussed for this whole week, really, in, in, in advance of this. At this point, it, I, it's just best for Keston, I think, to, to kind of get to a different environment, maybe take a little time off here before he starts playing in games again, and then just get started in a new environment. So the minors started up today, right, Rowdy? Yep, they're supposed to start today. So council talks about sending the minors, could give here a little restart in a non-stress environment you can't do that at the big league level uh, you know that th- you can't do that with the pressure there's the results the pressure of the results i think is just is just too much and so it you know this is this will provide a mental i think restart for him a little bit and that's a good thing yeah um, basically i mean allow him stuff. to see lesser pitching not at the same level day in and day out that the major leagues uh offer and then at the same time, it gives him confidence because he's starting. He doesn't have any confidence. No, right he, now. You get, yeah, he's strong. And, and it, I was the guy that said you got to keep playing him. You got to let him try and fight through this because there was nothing going on. But there was, man, what series? I think it was the Padres series, if I remember correctly, when I was watching it. And that was the series where I officially think, me personally, I saw his demeanor change with you can be frustrated and you can be up there and struggling. But when he struck out on a pitch that was like two feet in front of the plate. <laughs> he whiffed at it and then instantly put his head down and looked confused, looked upset, Sad. and then kind of just dejected. Yeah. Stomped back Broken. to the dugout. <laughs> he looked like that at bat right there was the one where it's like, oof. well, oof. it's official when the minor leagues open up, he's got to go down there to fix it. Cause he can't fix it at the big league level. And the day they open them up, they're like, yep. All right. We're sending them down. Council says I mean, it was predictable. Yeah, totally. Council does say it was about his offense, though, not his defense. This was an offensive decision. I mean, th- this is about his, his just we need more offensively. Yeah, I mean, he's had some errors. Well, but And the thing that sucks is that since the pandemic has hit and the last two baseball seasons, they really haven't taken care of minor league baseball because mm-hmm. if there was a minor league baseball that had been playing the last couple of years and especially this year to the start of his season – they easily could have sent him down right away, give him a couple of weeks to fix it, and then he's back. Yeah, totally. but they had to wait nearly five weeks because they don't care about they, minor leagues. Uh, yeah, there there was no option to go down to minor league baseball. None. So it it completely handicaps and hamstrings 
the Brewers and players like Keston Hira when normally in every single year since they've had minor league baseball until the last couple, you'd have that option to go and fix it in two or three weeks instead of having to take six weeks or seven or eight weeks. So our guy J.A. Krebs just tweets at me at my Twitter account. Ebo says, Krebs proclaims, uh, Keston won't be up anytime soon. He's broken. I hope he can get out of it. Oof. Well, here's counsel saying this could be a short-term thing with Kestaddy. It's important for us that I think and still really believe that Keston can be our primary first baseman and has the ability to be a force in the middle of our lineup. We just we weren't there, and it felt like we were almost getting a little farther from that than closer to that at, at some point. So I really think this is going to benefit Keston. I, I think it can be a short-term thing, and I think he can be back and be being a productive offensive player uh, fairly quickly. Well, that's the that's the million dollar question, right? Will this be a short term thing? Because to your point, Rowdy, he hasn't seen much time in the majors. I'm kind of with him there. That's it's not going to be. Uh, it's mm. if if it is an offensive thing, well, he's got a lot to work on, and you know. Well, do you think he did so well? Did, did he? Sorry, we've seen him decline over the last two years, and who's been his? Do you think that we've seen coach? that decline just because people figured him out? I think there's something to that, and I think they found some holes in his swing, and obviously he's made it worse. With <laughs> I think with, there's just one giant hole now in his swing. Yeah, with the type of the swing that he's really been putting on it. Do I think it's going to be long term? Well, I, 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 I've seen Keston here dominate college pitching. I've seen him absolutely dominate every level of of um, minor league pitching, and you've seen him perform extremely well at age 22 in 2019 against uh, Major League Pitching. And who would have thought that uh, Corbin Burns would ever turn it around? Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. So I would say that Corbin Burns was in a much worse spot than what Keston Hero was at. Corbin Burns went down to double A. Um, I'll say he does turn it around. Now turn it around super quick. I'll say he's back within the next month and a half. You'll see him. Bef- you'll see him before July. Man, the the gruesome twosome up early. I got a tweet from Krabs now. The real Mick C. What's up, brother? He says this isn't fixable. He has a fundamental flaw in his swing that every major league arm can exploit. Worse than Brinson. The real Mick C. I'm sipping some of your coffee right now, real Mick C. I'm gonna spit it out after that tweet. <laughs> Not coffee's fantastic, by the way. Just the tweet. Mm, some Mounds View Roasters coffee right there, baby. Yum. <laughs> Yesterday, some more news broke, and if you believe it or not, whatever. I mean, the big J's are talking about it uh, on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Ian Rappaport was saying on NFL Network, and this is the the newest one to break, <laughs> that a day after Rodgers had um, praised Jake Kumaro, a.k.a. Whitewater Jesus, the practice squad standout, if you will, the day after Aaron Rodgers praised Jake Kumaro and what he was able to bring to the table, the Packers then cut him. And apparently, Rowdy, that was like the, the – there's a lot of straws, I guess, that broke the camel's back here. But the Packers deciding to cut Jake Kumaro a day after Rodgers praised him allegedly is a reason why Rodgers was hacked off at the front office. Do you believe that, first off? Like – that you would be that upset about a sixth or seventh receiver on the roster? 
at the time, I remember how Rodgers was like, remember we were talking about like Rodgers was like in love with Jay Kumaro and they had a really good rapport, a good connection. They seemed like they were really like good buddies. And then Rodgers had a, you know, in practice, kept finding Kumaro, kept finding Kumaro. Kumaro would grab the ball, get the good catches, yada, yada, yada. Rodgers, who went out and praised him big time. I remember Rodgers praised him. I'm like, damn, Rodgers really likes this guy. And then I remember the next day being like, wow, the Packers were cutthroat and just cut him like that right after. I remember that vividly of them cutting Kumaro right after Rodgers had praised I, I him. I feel like Kumaro like made all of his Packer fandom off of one and a half games in preseason. He had one really good game, if I remember correctly. And then in the second game where he looked like he was playing pretty well, he did the little front flip was, into the end zone and hurt his back. His, his shoulder. It was his shoulder. shoulder yeah, whatever he was it was. Out, like the rest of the time. That's, that's like what he made his fame from. I, I don't remember the guy doing anything in the regular season. I don't remember him being anything other than like the lowest receiver on the roster where you go, man, they probably could have found a lot of guys off the street that could do the exact same thing. Yeah. I don't get how that's I don't know I don't even know if I really believe that that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Because my God, Jake it's Jake Coomer. Like if Rogers wants to make personnel decisions. Like if you if he would have said like one of the things like if you flip it around and say like Marshawn Lynch, where you, you told him to go get Marshawn Lynch, say that was just like a year or two ago. Yeah. And Marshawn Lynch was at that same level and they didn't go get him and they did the exact opposite. Then I get it because he was a legit player. Yes. But Jay Kumaro? Jay Kumaro, it's If Rodgers wants to make personnel decisions for the Green Bay Packers, as you know, the reports out there, he's you know, mad about not having input and yada, yada, yada. And he, Rodgers, that is, wants to choose guys like. Jake Kumaro, then we're we're in we're in bigger trouble than just you know what Brian Gutekunst do you, is doing. Do you even think that Jake Kumaro would make this squad's receiving no, core? No, like he's no. not better than Devontae Adams. No, he's not going to be in place of Amari Rogers, who was just drafted in the third round. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have to say that he's behind MVS, who actually brings a, a different who's uh, fast. Yeah, facet to the he can stretch the field. Yes. Um, St. Brown still has a lot more upside than him, even though he hasn't been able to stay healthy for the majority of his career. And Devin Funches has proven to be a, a guy that's better listen, than him. Listen, I like uh, I like Jay Kumaro too as a cult figure, as like a ha ha teehee UW Whitewater guy. He's got long hair. We call him Whitewater Jesus. That's we funny. didn't even mention Alan Lazard. Yeah, like ha, it's funny. Like yeah, he's got long hair. He's Whitewater Jesus. <laughs> He'd be seventh on this depth chart. So. I have some interesting tweets. In what world would you keep seven receivers? I have, some, well, when Mike McCarthy was here, I have some interesting tweets that involve Aaron Rodgers and players on the Green Bay Packers. I want to read off, but first, let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey guys, Bill here. Oh, I thought it was Kumaro for a second, but even better, we got Bill. What's up, Bill? Not much. I've been trying not to call because I'm so frustrated. Bill, we're like therapists here, okay? We have Charlie calling in all the time. We're his therapist. We can be your therapist today. What's on your mind? So, so you're going to put me on the level with Charlie? <laughs> no. Holy shit. Hang on. Hang on, Bill. I didn't mean, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but uh, we will give you free therapy, free therapy right here. <laughs> you might need another session that I just put you on the same level as Charlie. I do apologize for that. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you something. I will just, you know what? I'm an employer, and I'll say a couple of things. First of all, I, I ultimately, I blame all this on Mark Murphy, and I'll bet you in the meetings, he's the one t- telling Goody what to do. Thank you. I can't stand him either, Bill. And I, I, have, I have no doubt in my mind. And also, everybody's forgetting LaFleur last year, he's the one that wanted love because Roger was such a pain in the ass. 
you know, not holding on to the ball too long the year before, getting all those delay of game penalties. LaFleur's the one who pushed it, and we all knew that a year ago. Yeah. So, so Goody's just like the sacrificial lamb here. But, but the other thing is, is you know, at Kumaro, I mean, you know what, guys? If I've got a really, you know what? First of all, all my employees are key. Yeah. But, it, but it, you know, I'm not going to do something that affects one of my employees without talking to them first. I'm not going to go let them hang themselves by talking to the media like Aaron Rodgers did last year or talking to somebody else about how great somebody is when I'm going to fire that person the next day. Yeah. You just, you just don't do that and have good employees. Kind of bad business, right? It's, it's, yeah, everybody says Mark Murphy's about business. Well, that was horrendous business to not tell Aaron Rodgers two days, to not work with what, right, what receivers does Aaron Rodgers want. Whether you guys like to hear it or not, that's his decision. He knows more about this than any of those other guys. And I'm not talking about the running backs. I'm not talking about the offensive line. But as far as receivers goes, there's not one person in that organization or on that team that knows more about Bill, it than Aaron Rodgers. I, let me. I'm trying to. I think I got it. So let me figure this out. So let's say. Let's say as you as an employer. Let's say you got your, your number one builder. Your guy. Let's say you're building houses. Your number one builder out there. Your guy who can just put a frame up, no problem. You know, do everything that's needed real quick, and he knows how to get her done. But he's got a right hand man. The right hand man might not be as good. Uh, by himself, but he's a pretty good with that team that is his number one builder. And then, if Bill, if you came in and said, you know what, we don't need that number two builder because the number one you know, builder is good, so I'm going to fire the number two guy without saying anything to the number one guy, you'd piss off the number one guy, right? That's what you're getting at? Well, even if you, even if you fired the number five guy on the number one guy's team without talking to him, yeah. why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you ever show somebody that little respect? Is that a slippery slope, though? Should you... Madonna. I agree. So should you then be calling, if you're Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, every player on the team to get the, uh, get the okay? That, hey, I'm going to cut one, this guy? There's not one other player on that team. You tell me, what offensive player has left the team in the last 25 years? What skill position offensive player since Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers came and went and succeeded somewhere else? Yeah, that's a good point. What, what management person, other than what's his name from Seattle, has gone somewhere else and succeeded in the last 25 years. What coach yeah. has gone somewhere else and succeeded in the last 25 years? Yeah, you really only have some defensive guys on the side of the, uh, the side of the defensive side, excuse me, that have succeeded, like Micah Hyde and Casey Hayward. Other than that, no offensive guy's really gone and really done anything. And you know what? You just brought up a key point. How come no, so are the Packers so good that they know what players to keep? That they've, I can, those are exactly the two I thought of. Those are the only two players I could think of that went somewhere else and really succeeded. There may be a few more. But are the Packers really that good, or has the fact that we've had Hall of Fame quarterbacks the last 25 years made us an above-average team? <laughs> and all I'm saying, I shouldn't. I don't think you should go ask. I don't think you should go ask Kenny Clark what defensive lineman to keep because Kenny, Kenny Clark, as good as he is, he doesn't put. You know, he doesn't. You know, he might help with the win, but you you saw what happened when Rodgers was gone. Yeah. And I just think, and I'm not saying any other position, but those receivers, I think, I think, I think that's a collaborative effort. I think that's somebody, something to talk to and say, what do you want? Interesting. What do you think? Well, here and we I'm go. Not, and yeah. I'm old school, guys. Oh, yeah. All right, Bill. I'm sorry. No, you're so that's where, that's where I'm at. I love it, Bill. I, Roddy, I love it. Jake Kumaro, you know what? He's so down on the list. But you know what? If you're talking to six receiver, do we really care? 
Man. If it makes our quarterback happy. Well, I have uh, Bill. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you something uh, off or not off air. Once you hang up the phone here about what Aaron Rodgers liked on Twitter involving Jake Kumaro, and it'll add to your point. Okay, brother. Bye. All right, see you, Bill. All right, before we do that though, Mitch and Madison, what's up, homie? What up, boys? You know that he may be confusing. Kumaro with our boy uh, Jeff Janice, you know, Dwight Love <laughs> back me up on that. Dwight Love's no. the only guy still wearing a Janice jersey. Right? No, here's here's the thing. Like, I totally get, like, uh, Kumaro would be pretty low on the depth chart. But there is something to be said. If the quarterback, you know, a big thing with Rodgers is the trust factor. And you can bring in, you know, rookies and all that, but if he, he's already shown, for better or worse, if he doesn't trust the receiver to be in the spot, he's not going to throw the ball to him. So if if he feels comfortable with the guy, and yeah, maybe he doesn't have blazing speed or this and that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. If he, right, if, if he knows, like, okay, this guy knows the playbook, it's the majority. I mean, don't well, get hang me on, wrong. Hang on, Mitch, I, but, real quick, to your point, though, you brought up, I know you were joking, but you brought up the name Jeff Janis. So Jeff Janis, I had Jermichael Finley. Now, Jermichael Finley has never has never swayed from what he says about Aaron Rodgers. He's always you know, the same same story every time about Aaron Rodgers. I had Jermichael Finley on this show, uh, on our show, many years ago, and that was when Janis, it was the height of Janis mania, and Rodgers was pissed at him because he kept you know running bad routes or dropping balls, whatever. But Jermichael Finley says, once you are in Aaron Rodgers' doghouse, you have a very hard time getting out. And if you're in that doghouse, he will not throw you the ball. And that's where Jeff Janis was. Right. Oh, And yeah. you know who's I mean, never in his, the doghouse? Jay Kumaro. Right, right. Well, yeah, and there's all those stories about Janis not running right, yeah. correct routes yeah, and all this. But, you know, he was a gamer. Yeah. It, when, he, when he played in the games, he bombed it to him, and he caught it every time. But, no, I mean, there, there's something to be said. Like, I, again, I love me some Jordy Nelson, but – you have to admit that his Jordy Nelson as a receiver, the reason why one of the biggest reasons why he was so good is because of his route and because he knew. I mean, him and Rogers had that. It was almost like they were in each other's minds. They knew exactly where they were going to be, and I think that's kind of what he wants and what maybe he felt could have potentially happened with Kumaro. And you know, the GM and stuff, they're looking at the stats and the measurables and this and that. So. Yeah. Well, Mitch, what, I mean, what do you think happens? Are we thinking that um, we're going to have to say bye bye to Aaron Rodgers? No, dude, he's gone, man. <laughs> they're, 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 they're clean, oh, dude, he's gone, help. man. That's what I'm. That's what I'm, I'm calling. Who who knows? Maybe I'll be right. Maybe I'll be wrong. But uh, and I was just so y'all know, I went to lacrosse as well. Oh, so oh, I was not so you longing. you a graduate of UW lacrosse, Nelson? So I know. I went there and then lacrosse? I transferred. Well, I mean, still you got connection there, and Brian Gudukuns. Wow. Right, right. So I was not trying to dog lacrosse yesterday. I'm just saying, like, if you're picking a between an MVP NFL quarterback and some dude from lacrosse, Mitch, I gotta, um, I gotta be honest too. I went to lacrosse too, but oh, only honey. only to party my ass off a couple times and then right. I left. Right. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> All right, yeah, See you, Mitch. Uh, one more before we, uh, I tell you this tweet here about Rogers. Let's go back to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? It's Sasquatch Mike. Oh. Sasquatch Mike appears from the from the woods. What's up, Sasquatch? Hi, good morning, guys. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I I called yesterday, and, and I was thinking about the draft, thinking about Rodgers. And the more I'm thinking about this, uh, did you guys hear, I had on, uh, I hate to say this because I'm down in the Chicago area, I had on 
the score in Chicago. Like, you can listen to whatever you want, my brother. We're just glad you called in here. If I can listen to you guys all day, I would. But because I, I only have you, a flip- hey, Mike, you don't gotta, you don't gotta say anything to me. We got nothing but love. For I, you. I, trust me, you guys. I'd listen to you twenty four seven if I could if I was in the area. But let me, let me just share this with you. You yes. guys are great. Um, Thank you. They had said yesterday uh, that was reported that uh, uh, is it Rob D- Demonsky? Yep, the, yep, the, yep, yep. He said that he said Aaron Rodgers has a five percent chance of playing for Green Bay in twenty twenty one. Those were his words. Five mm. percent chance. So, so I think I think what the more I think about this guy is, and I'm not going to compare apples to oranges, but let me give you an example. Um, I'm not really a basketball fan, but you know, back in the day when the Bulls were really good, I couldn't help but pay attention to them. When uh, Phil Collins was fired and they brought in, um, um, uh, not Phil Collins, the, 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 the guy that was before. Uh, uh, yeah, the, I forget the guy's name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, uh, Phil, before, before Phil Jackson. Or Phil, ja- Phil Collins, yeah, Phil Collins. <laughs> Are you thinking of Genesis? You uh, got a little <laughs> Phil Collins on the brain? Uh, Phil Jackson. Uh, it was, it wasn't, Can you it was feel Col- it in the air tonight? <laughs> <laughs> His last name was Collins. I can't think of his friend. Anyway, yeah, you're fine. Michael Jackson. Uh, Michael Jackson. There you go. We got Michael Jackson and Phil Collins. <laughs> Michael Jordan uh, was extremely upset when Collins was fired when they brought Jackson in. Okay? Yeah. But what happened after that? They went on to win six NBA championships. Okay? So I'm not saying that this is the same scenario. I'm not saying Gutekinds didn't. You know, uh, it's, it's not the, that, I'm not saying this, but, but what I'm saying is you had the basketball god. He went on, he didn't, he wasn't a crybaby. He, he took his lumps and he went out and he excelled. Mm-hmm. I understand why Rodgers is upset, okay? But come on, guys, the guy is making the money. He's, I, I just, you know what, if he's going to have this attitude, I, guys, the greatest quarterback, I, I just say this, I think it's damaged goods at this point. I think, I think you can't take somebody who's mentally not into it and say, oh, he's going to be ours. If, if, it's just like a marriage, guys. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, well, my wife didn't want to be married anymore in uh, 2002. You know, you try, you try, you try, but you just can't force something. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, sometimes, the, sometimes it's time for a split. It's time for a split, right? It's time for a split. Now, 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 let's just talk hypothetically. What do you guys think the Packers could get for Rodgers? Let me tell you what I thought. If they, if they trade to Denver after June 2nd, mm-hmm. this is my, what I think they should require. I think they should get, um, right now in the Packers, what do you think the Packers' needs are? And even though after the draft, what do you think is a couple of areas that they really need? Well, right now, the- quarterback. <laughs> um <laughs> I would still go so with wide receiver linebacker, and okay. the, so I say with from Denver. I'd say wide receiver too, just because there's only one now under contract after 2021, and Amari Rogers. Okay, okay, so so you get from from Denver. I don't know what Denver has to offer. I don't. I don't know the roster that well. I know they got a pretty good defense. I would I would get a really good good uh, like wide receiver from Denver and and a really good defensive player from Denver, and then I would say three first round picks. And I'd say you can have Rodgers. Take him. Hmm. Well, I think this the starting off point in general's got to be a minimum first or three first round picks. Yeah. That's what I say. Yep, three first round picks and then either one really, really good, really good player on uh, on either side of the ball or at least two. Yeah. Mike, um, it's crazy times, I, brother. Crazy times. That, you know, if you can do that, go for it. Here's the other thing I thought. Yeah, real quick. What about a, just a direct, and I would be okay with this. 
go to go to Seattle and do a just trade. I don't know if it's possible with contracts, but trade for Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's Bring floating out there. Wisconsin. That was floating out there. Yeah. Well, Mike, we're yeah, up against the break, brother. Crazy stuff. Okay. So we're up against the break, brother. So I gotta let you go. But yeah, crazy stuff, isn't it? Just whatever. What do you guys think, real fast? So should should Rogers go? If that's his attitude. I I, I think he's gone. So if I was yeah. Green Bay, I would basically make him retire and put it back in. Yeah, in Nelson. In his court. Nelson would just say, "You got to retire, otherwise we're keeping your contract, and we'll just you know you have to pay back what your your signing bonus." If he retires, though, then what what happens then? He's he's going to come back to football and he'll go with another team. They still hold his uh, contract and his rights. Yeah, but then you're still keeping him confined. If he doesn't want to be here, why would you want to do that? Because be, if, if he officially to stick it to him, yeah, if he officially retired for long enough, then his contract would be null and void. But you wouldn't have to take the cap hits. You'd be sticking it to him, Mike. and basically he couldn't do anything. Be about like it. your ex-wife probably stuck it to you. The Packers would well. stick it to him. <laughs> <laughs> see well, you, buddy. See you, Mike. Sorry to end on that, though, but see you, man. You. <laughs> see you, man. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're all thinking it. I'm sure big, I'm sure Sasquatch Mike, his ex-wife, stuck it to him. Uh, real quick, we got our girl Mina from Carbon 4 coming in. We have a huge announcement. I should say Mina has a huge announcement, and she's going to hook some people up, right, with some really cool stuff, as uh, I'm very excited to bring Mina on and talk a little Carbon 4 and something they got brewing up, pun intended. But before we get to Mina... Rowdy, there was this tweet. This all started from Jake Kumaro, right? Uh, Zach Cruz, he is um, he covers the Packers and whatnot. I think it's for uh, Bleacher Report, or he's got some other entities out there. I have to, I can tell you in a second, but at Zach Cruz two is his Twitter account. Zach Cruz tweeted out because he's listening to Ian Rappaport, and Ian Rappaport was on the NFL Network talking about Kumaro, how Rodgers was pissed off about it. So Zach Cruz tweeted that out. Says, I wonder if bringing Jake Kumaro back is an option the Packers would consider. He knows the offense, could do some blah, blah, blah. And so he's talking about that. Aaron Rodgers ended up liking Zach Cruz's tweet about Jake Kumaro. So Rodgers is out there on the Twitter sphere uh, looking around and liking people's tweets involving Jake Kumaro after the news broke about him being hacked off of them cutting Jake Kumaro a day after Rodgers praised Jake Kumaro. What do you think about that, Rowdy? I think it, it's kind of, it is what it is. I feel like it's kind of, uh, I kind of just chuckle at it because why the Jake Kumro thing is the biggest deal to me <laughs> is just laughable. And then also yesterday, Devontae Adams, the prolific wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, he tweets out this. Gotta appreciate what you got while you got it. Is that ominous, saying that Rodgers is gone? And you know who liked that tweet from Devontae Adams? Aaron Rodgers. Real quick, Fuller had called in, and Fuller, as uh, many other people are, there's a lot of, I would call them Aaron Rodgers apologists, right? Like Aaron Rodgers can do no wrong. Uh, If Aaron Rodgers were to tell these people that 2 plus 2 equals 5, they would defend Rodgers tooth and nail. Like, there are Aaron Rodgers apologists out there. Is there not? Am I wrong in saying that? No, there 100% are. Like, they would tell you, if Rodgers was to say that up is down and but black is white and right is wrong. But that's the way that it was for Brett Favre. Yes, and I was a Brett Favre apologist, so I am, I was that. After Brett Favre left, I told myself I will never, ever, ever, you know, get caught up in a player again because, listen, no one's really going to finish their time with the, the team that took them and had a Hall of Fame career with. It's It's so rare. Before I play you Terry Bradshaw's comments, I want to go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? You got Terry from the north side. The king 
of the North. What is up, Terry? You know, Evo, I, I can, first of all, Brett Favre, got, Brett Favre and Rodgers are two different stories. Agreed. There's, there's some parallels, but yes, they are different. And forget about Favre and his walking out and threatening to retire. He wanted a goddamn receiver, and the Packers refused to do it. Terry, I bet, $50, I bet $50 uh, during the NFL draft that the Packers would trade for Randy Moss. I got burned. And, they, and he went on day two. And, again, turn the clock back. I've said this several times on the show. When Randy Moss got traded from the Raiders to the Patriots on the second day of the draft mm. that year, mm. Brett Favre retired that Monday morning. Who's their agent? Buzz Cook. They both had the same agent. And they wanted it. Anyway, and by the way, um, Moss went on to have a, even oh, the Patriots I, lost you the don't Super have Bowl, to they had a traffic year. Yeah, I mean, they broke records. Now, now Evil, here's where I want to go with this. With, and again, you know how I feel about the Wisconsin media. They're soft. How? How does a story, look, this is more than about drafting Aaron. I, I couldn't agree with Stephen A. this morning, the way he's rattling on. Um, this is more about Mr. Love. This is going way back. And, you know, you talk about, is Aaron Rodgers bigger than the organization? Well, are the Green Bay Packers bigger than the Wisconsin media? Tell me, you don't have loopholes. You ain't got the balls to report this? Is it because he's winning, you're going to give him a pat on the back? So uh, so what about the Green Bay Packers versus the Wisconsin media? That's the topic I want, and I, know, well, I want to hear what you have to say. Well, Terry, Terry, I'll tell you this. The Wisconsin media, when, the, when it comes to the people who cover the Green Bay Packers, 95% of them are ass-kissers and soft. Well, you got to go higher than that, Evo. you got to go higher than that. You 99%. And I got a better chance of getting hit by, you and I got a better chance of getting hit by lightning twice than those guys reporting a proper story. <laughs> and it's, it's right, here in, right here in Madison. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's how a, do it's a, Terry, it's, Terry, it's a very soft media market. They don't want to cause what waves. They want to be buddy buddies with the players and buddy buddies with the coaches, and they don't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers and hurt anyone's feelings. It's nowhere near the media market like New York or Philly or you know, insert you know, major market here. But Evo, now this is why I'm going to give a pat on the back is to your buddy Bill Michaels. He said one thing a couple of years ago, which I'll never forget. He's you ever notice they don't have many Packer people in the organization. I mean, he did have the one guy who wrote the contract yesterday, but he don't get many interviews from the Packer upper brass. He don't get many people online as far as former players. Yeah. Why? Because he goddamn tells it the way it is. Yeah. And some people don't want to hear it. Some no. people don't want to hear the truth. Hey, some people want to live in you La La Land. That's okay, you know. But I mean, it's that way everywhere. I mean, oh, he's here for life. He's our God. You know what? Your God's going to be in Denver. Their, their God has forsaken them now. You know, I, I, I tell you, and this is something I think people, the sports fans of Wisconsin, need to wake up and realize just because a guy smiles and says, I love it here forever, well, you know what? Love it here forever may only be, mean it forever for that day. And um, I, again, well, this is what I, like, I love about you. I love about Nelson. I love about Bill Michaels. You guys will spill it on the spot. Yes, to an extent, you guys are all still homers. Yeah, I'm not, yeah Terry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat nothing. I'm not gonna like church it up. If I hear something, I'm not a reporter. Okay, I'm not a journalist. I'm an. I consider myself an entertainer. But when I hear something that I think is worth knowing, then I'm gonna say it. You know, I'm not gonna be like but some of these are. reporters out there that are gonna hide it or not ask the questions or say everything's uh, great up in Titletown. You know. But evil, you also have sources like Bill Michaels. Did. Yeah, and everybody correct. was laughing. Everybody was laughing at the boy in Minnesota. 
I went, who's laughing now? Who's laughing at the boy in Minnesota now? Uh, I mean, you're right, Terry. He's it was the when, one that broke the story. Yeah, when Bill when Bill tweeted it out at 9:50. I mean, Bill had to take some care of some personal reasons, so Nelson and I filled in for the Bill Michaels show. And we first heard it, we're like, "This is outlandish." I'm like, "This is crazy." And then as the day Bill, went on, Bill went from getting dragged online to actually being right. And I'll and I'll end up with this evil again. Where I question is, when did this start? It isn't about Aaron Love or. Uh, Mr. Love, it ain't about you know the general manager to an extent. This goes way back, and I and I, I do want to say this. Even, remember Wayne Gretzky when he left? At, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky left Edmonton because he married a California girl. Sure. And all of a sudden now, where is he? He's in L.A. playing for the Kings. Is this the same? Is Mama has Mama controlled this story? Aaron. I want you well, out she west. does. I hey, want you in cold well, country. Terry, Terry, she also she splits time living between California and uh, Colorado. Well, you know, it just happens. To be, he happened to be shopping in Denver just a couple of days ago. Yeah, there you go. In San Francisco, you and I have covered more today, brother, than the Wisconsin media has covered in a month. Terry, you'll hear a bunch of ass kissing and uh, this and that from a lot of people that have their own radio shows and cover the Packers. And they have the blue check marks on Twitter. It's all the people that are soft. Evo, and the one thing you have to agree with me on is if it's Nelson, you, I, Bill Michaels, and like what we say or not, and I, I got the people who love me out there in, the, in radio land, we don't kiss ass. We tell it, like Howard used to say, tell it like it is, Dandy. And Terry, I'm going to tell it like it is. Fly the L, Cubs suck, go <laughs> Brewers, number one in the NL Central. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what, Evo? It was two years. Evo, I will tell you this. The one thing that is fact, it don't matter if you go to Wrigley. It don't matter if you go to <laughs> Miller Park. There's still more Cub fans than there are your fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to get a little jab. The W, Evo, the W stands for Wisconsin Cub fans. Get out of here. I just Wisconsin had to get that jab in. Wisconsin Cub fans. Terry, look at the standings. <laughs> Brewers first. Cubs last. Thanks, thanks, King. We love you, kid. Take care, buddy. See you, man. Bye, bye, bye. M- much love. There he is, Terry. <laughs> He's not wrong about the uh, majority of Wisconsin media, though, when it comes to covering the Packers. I will uh, confirm that. All right, Rowdy. So Fuller had called in at 8, or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, 8.55, and he is one of the biggest Rodgers apologists and bootlickers that I know. Love the guy. Love Fuller. But I could not believe what came out of his mouth. He agreed with Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw... Called Aaron Rodgers weak. He was on, we're a CBS Sports uh, affiliate, so here's CBS Sports' Moose and Maggie. And Terry Bradshaw was on, he had this to say. Does Rodgers have a right to be this upset with the Packers? With him being that upset shows me just how weak he is. Who the hell cares who you draft? I mean, I never... He's a three-time MVP in the league, and he's worried about this guy they drafted last year at number one. Now, I don't know what was said behind the scenes. I don't know what – if he said, look, I'll play this year, and then I won't out of here, and they said, fine. Then he's the MVP in the league. I don't know. None of us know uh, unless he told some insiders, and they're saying it. I don't care. All right, that's all I really wanted to play is that part right there. Terry Bradshaw, and I quote, calls Aaron Rodgers weak. Terry Bradshaw is spot on yeah. 110%. And I'd have to – the only thing that I would say differently than what Terry Bradshaw did there is the only thing if I was Aaron Rodgers 
that I would want done differently is to at least be told that, hey, we're drafting Jordan Love. That's the only thing different. Everything else that he said there is 100% like, okay, dead on. A lot of people saying, yeah, Rodgers should be informed that they were drafting Jordan Love. You're 110% behind that? That Brian Gutekunst, before he calls Jordan Love to say we're drafting him, he should call Aaron Rodgers and be like, yo, hey, dude. Just to let you know, we're drafting Jordan Love. I don't think it's 100% they have to do it, but I think it's kind of like good faith. You know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, you're our guy, but just want you to know, we know you're getting older, and we're going to draft this kid because we like him, and you could still be the quarterback. It's not like they're moving on from him. It's this is kind of what we're going to do because we like this guy, and we think he could potentially become something down the road, but you're our guy until – the end. So the Buffalo, or I'm sorry, the Buccaneers called Tom Brady and said, yo, hey, we're going to be drafting. And that's Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. And that Tom, wasn't even the first round. And I guarantee Tom Brady's like, why did you even bother me with this news? What do I care that you're drafting Kyle Trask? I am Tom Brady. I don't care. Why are you wasting, if this was the 90s and early 2000s, why are you wasting my minutes by calling me about drafting Kyle Trask. Yeah, well, and then to to uh, Bradshaw's point on the he's a three-time MVP, why is he freaking out about Jordan Love? Mm-hmm. We've talked about Jordan Love a lot, obviously being a, a Packer-heavy radio station. Yeah. And what do you know about Jordan Love? He had a good junior year where he had a lot of, a lot of upside. He still had some upside coming out, obviously, out of the draft, but he was – he was tainted by Gary Anderson for a whole yeah. season, and he didn't have the best senior year. And you knew he was going to come out and, and sit for at least one season, even if Rodgers fell off a cliff or became the MVP. Rodgers went out there, became the MVP. But how about the fact that Jordan Love wasn't even good enough, or at least the Packers coaching staff didn't yeah. believe he was good enough to suit up. It couldn't beat a Tim Boyle. If I'm if I'm Tom Brady, I don't care. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, who many proclaim are is the best quarterback to ever play the game, a three-time MVP, a Super Bowl winner, what would I even care that some guy coached by Gary Anderson is coming in as a backup quarterback? Not even a backup. The backup's backup. And realistically, if Aaron Rodgers balled out like he did this year for the next three to five years... He could practically end Jordan Love's career because yeah. it isn't going to start in Green Bay, and yeah. then he's just okay. going to be an unproven uh, quarterback that's been in the league for five years and been on the bench. Because yeah, all right, phones blown up here. Terry Bradshaw's not wrong though. Rogers looking weak in this. Let's go to the phones line one. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey boys, Kyle. Hey Kyle, what's up, brother? Hey man, plain and simple. I think you you got to ship him out, trade his ass, get what you can for him. It's a shattered relationship. There's no, I don't think there's any mending it. Uh, I mean, the fact that he came out the day of the draft to break the news, that tells me he's weak. Well, Kyle, I mean, you, his camp is the one that released all this. It had to have been. The Packers would never do this. The Packers camp would never do this. This was the Rodgers camp. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I love Rodgers. He's a great player. And, and why the hell would we not want him back? But, you know, at this point, like I said, get what you can for him. Get his ass out of here. You know, later on down the road, we'll find out the truth. Just like COVID, we'll find out the truth. Kyle, it's going to take many years, but it'll come out. You know what? This I just like thought of something. This would be like 
Let's say you're, you're thinking you're living in like a happy marriage, right? And then all of a sudden, leaked online is your wife's text messages with like someone, a, a different person, like a boyfriend she has on the side. And you're like, what there the, you go. And like, what the hell's going on here? Are you ever yeah. going to fix that relationship? Hell no. No. That's what Hell it is. No. That's why yeah. that, that's why that's like someone's wife releasing her text messages of her flirting and getting together with some other guy and then you're expecting to be like, "Okay, everything's fine, I guess." Oh yeah, sure, honey. That's yeah, the the relationship's over. Right. Yeah. And like like Terry said on the north side, you know, you guys say say it like it is. I say it like it is. Yeah, I'm a Wisconsin sports fan, but I can say it like it is. I'll take it as it comes, you know. Yeah. It is it is what it is. I mean I mean yeah, we're going to be drugged through the mud on this crap the whole offseason now. And, you know, I don't want to watch a daytime soap opera. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, come on. It, it is what it is. Because as the wheel of cheese turns, Kyle, that's the soap opera. Like days of our lives. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, Brew, Brew Crew, let's get it back together tonight. Let's take this series, uh, take two away from the uh, the Phillies here. Yes, sir. Uh, man, that last night's game was pretty good. I, I wish they could have pulled it out in the ninth. Dude, but, what uh, was it? Aviciel Garcia and getting caught on. Oh, idiot, idiot! I would have yelled at my player for doing that crap. Rowdy said Rowdy would bench him immediately. Rowdy, Absolutely, he, he, yeah. he had no reason, no reason to be leading off as, as far as he was. Kyle, you're getting me fired up, baby. Woo. Let's go, boys. All right, see you, Kyle. Good stuff. Have a good one. See you, buddy. Oh. And hopefully, no one's wife releases that. By the way, yeah. I'm not. I'm not when, I'm when not saying we, that ever happened. When we come back from this uh, this break, I want to talk about that analogy you just put out there. You got it, Rowdy. Who, to my knowledge, has never been married. No, nope, never been married. But is going to get after that analogy. Me, happily married. Hopefully, it never happens to anyone <laughs> to anyone out there. But this Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst Packers fiasco. Uh, when Kyle and Stoughton called, and it got me thinking. It's like, all right. So, obviously, it's the Rodgers camp releasing this information. It has to be. There's no way the Packers, on draft day. There's no way that it helps the Packers in the front office. Never. Nothing. On draft day, this all comes out, right? There's no way the Packers would ever do this. It had to have been the other side of the camp, the Aaron Rodgers camp. And I made the analogy. This would be like, you know, because Kyle and Stoughton who called and said that the, the relationship is fractured. The relationship is over. It'd be like you're going about your business, ho-hum, and all of a sudden you get a bunch of notifications on, you know, maybe Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and people start texting you, start calling you like, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? And you're like, and you're blindsided by it. You have no idea what's happening. And all of a sudden you log on to, I don't know, social media, and there's a ton of texts out there of your significant other, you know, bumping boots. Whose bed have your boots been under? releasing all these text messages of your significant other, getting with someone else behind your back, but your significant other is the ones that release these texts. Do you think that relationship is ever going to be the same again? Do you think that relationship is ever going to be good again? Do you think that relationship is even repairable? No. Rowdy, you said you wanted to make a comment on the email. Yeah, in my mind, if that happened to me, which never been married, don't plan on getting married anytime soon, but uh, if that ever happened to me, like, it makes sense if your wife approaches you, like if Aaron Rodgers approached the Packers and said, you know, I wish you did this, this, and this, and I kind of want to yeah. go somewhere else. Like, yeah, I'm not happy here. Mm-hmm. And ask for a trade. Now, again, we don't know all the inside details, but if he did that, and then it's like, okay, we're, we're getting this quote-unquote divorce. But 
if at the very last second, all of a sudden your wife, at significant here, other, your significant other here, released text messages of her and another guy or or something to that extent, basically just embarrassed you. Yep. Especially say it was on like your. It's not a good look. It's not for a good anybody look for you. It's it's basically they embarrassed you because say it was like on your big presentation day yeah. at work. No one wants to get. No one wants just that like to it was though. at the NFL draft. Yep. You're absolutely embarrassed. You're pissed off. But here's the thing. I don't know if I could just go cut and dry. This is coming from me. From Rowdy. Cut and dry. Okay, we're getting divorced. Like, yeah, at some point there's going to be a divorce, but I'm getting even and I'm getting petty first. <laughs> I'm driving you through the mud. <laughs> so Rowdy ain't taking the high road. No. That, he goes that, low. I don't care if that's not not the thing to probably do or if that's the, you know, the... The good thing to do would just be to end it. I am going to be that petty. You can take the low I'm, road. I'm not going to let you off easy. If you and hit him high, hit him high. Then if I hit him low, hit him low. Right, Rowdy? Yeah. When sc- someone screws you back, you screw him back harder. Uh, G-Dub says, but if your significant other is still hot and you're still getting ass, who cares? <laughs> See, this is this is exactly <laughs> this is exactly why I would treat Aaron Rodgers like this. If you are going to do that to me like this, you are either going to come back and play for me or... You can literally quit and call it your own career because I know how much you care about your records. So you drag them through I a messy court much, divorce. I know how much you care about your legacy. I know you want another Super Bowl trophy, but guess what? If you don't want to come back and play for us, you never have then to play again. Then you ain't signing the divorce papers, are you? You don't have to play again. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Yo, this is Mason. Mason, what's up, brother? Yo, I love your guys' analogy because right now I think Rogers and Goody are trying to figure out who wears the pants in the relationship. It's bizarre, isn't it? So let's just put everything into perspective because right now we're all psychotic, just cheeseheads about to burst at the scene. Yes. So you got to look at it from both perspectives. Goody, he's, every year he's on the hot seat. You never know how long you have as a GM. So as a GM, look at what the Packers do. They don't go out there, and they will not get high-end receiver talent because usually those guys are all airheads and end up destroying a locker room. So from Goody's perspective, I see what he's doing. He wants to build a culture. He wants to build an organization, and that's what he's doing. Now, Rodgers, he made a power move. He did this right to the right to the oh, yeah. beginning of the draft. This was a power move. It was done up. Yeah. It was done on purpose. It's, no, this is my franchise. I want a receiver. And I think what Goody did by taking a guy, you know, okay, so Rodgers, he's sending a message. Goody did the same thing. He gave in, got Rodgers a receiver. It was in the third round, and his name was Rodgers. Coincidentally. Yeah, they're going to save on jerseys. Jerseys, jerseys. Yeah. You know, you wonder if these two guys, you know, they're both alpha males. They both want to get what they want. They, one's thinking longevity, one at the end of his career, one's at the beginning of his career. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just see how everything's playing out. So, I mean, that's my take. Goody, I think. So, Mason, who wins out? Some, what alpha male wins out here, Rodgers or Goody? I mean, obviously there's a way that they both can still uh, keep their job. <laughs> uh, I think that Rodgers cracks under pressure eventually because I think he's going to get antsy just sitting around. I think he's going to hold out for a little while and then potentially uh, summon up, you know, 
something that, oh, this is a good way to get back into things, or maybe we sat down and had a call or something. But I don't think Goody's going to trade him. I don't think Goody, I, I mean, yeah, he's not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I don't see it. All right, Mason. Well, we'll see what happens. You be you better be calling back in no matter what happens. All right, brother? All right. All right. See you, Alpha Male. Take care, bro. See you, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> see, I, see, I'm going to go one further on this. You know, when this happens to you, when this happens to you, I'm personally, I'm dragging this thing out, and it's going to be the, the messy divorce on my time. And, you know, it might not be the next year or two because... Oh, Roddy, you could take a divorce for a long time. You well, I'm saying I'm <laughs> going to be petty and drag you through the mud, maybe for a year, maybe two years, because I hold all the control here. And uh, when I do find that special someone that comes around maybe in a year or two, <laughs> then I trade you. A.K.A. Uh, trade Aaron Rodgers then. So could you make the case then? I was thinking about this when Mason called in. Could you make the case that Brian Gutekunst was the one that first started stepping out on the marriage when he drafted Jordan Love? Because he didn't pick up the phone to call his significant other that he's staying out no, late. No, no, that was that was like you. That was like uh, or is that just a, him? That was like a chick from high school that you're friends with that all of a sudden you and your significant other are hanging out with, and she thinks that the what are you trying to like have a menage a trois now? No, <laughs> she thinks that she <laughs> likes you, but you're friends from high school, and then she gets all uh, suspicious. Is that friend gonna be like, hey, I have a, I have a proposition for you? You ever thought about adding someone else in the bedroom? I've been very excited for this right here. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, my dreams, my wish come true. Granted, Thor Nystrom, NBC Sports Edge, Roto World. Thor, good morning, my brother. What's up? Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Man, it is, um, wow. Living in the state of Wisconsin, being a Packers fan, it is a wild time right now, Thor. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I got to catch up on my sleep here yesterday, but man, it was a wild process. And, and yeah, Green Bay coming out of that is, is one of the more interesting uh, organizations to talk about, right? Yeah. Okay, Thor. So real quick, like full disclosure here. I just I, I need to clear the air before anything. All right. Are you a Vikings fan? Yes or no? Yes. But does your fandom leak into your draft grades? Yes or no? I gave the Vikings the second lowest grade in in all of the industry. I gave the Bears an A plus, and I gave the Lions an A. So I'll just use that as my response. Okay, so enough said. I mean, enough said right there. Your fandom does not leak in then. So <laughs> Thor, I'm looking at. And by the way, we love your work here. It is absolutely incredible uh, of the time and the effort and the skill that you put in. So I'm not trying to butter you up. I'm just saying that's how we feel. But thank you. Saying that. As as I'm on NBCSports.com and I I see the Green Bay Packers, the grade that Thor Nightstrom gave them in F, Thor in F. Yeah, yeah, you know, I so a couple <laughs> things. First of all, I, I grade on a bell curve. No one else in the industry does. I give out two Fs every process. I give out two A pluses, and the rest of them are filtered through. I believe the Packers had one of the two worst drafts in the NFL. Oof. So by definition, I had to give them an F. Yeah. Uh, Thor, last year, did you give the Packers an F as well? I'm trying to remember. I believe so. Yeah, and I think <laughs> they earned it that year too. <laughs> I mean, look at all. Like, last year, Thor, they definitely earned it because look what's happening right now is Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. Indeed. So I think Rodgers, not only did we read your draft grades, but I think Aaron Rodgers also read them too. So you could actually have a feather in your cap as a Vikings fan as pushing Rodgers out because I guarantee you he read your draft grades, Thor. 
Well, what's interesting is I, I you know, if, if I was them, I, I fire Gudikin. It's a fairly easy decision. His, both of his, you know, these past couple drafts have been just awful. One of them was so bad, it's alienated your franchise player out of there. I don't see why this is a decision at all. Like, for, for in fact, I'll, I'll say it this way. As a Vikings fan, I hope they trade Rodgers and keep Gudikins for the next two decades. Oh, God. We, now, now you sound like me, Thor, as a Packer fan talking about the Chicago Bears and their quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, my God. What is that? It's, I'm living in bizarro world, dude. All right, Thor, so let's break it down, man, because, I mean, you're yeah. damn good at it. Eric Stokes, the first pick for the Packers, cornerback. What, uh, what do we think about him? Let's, let's just do really quick on each one. What do we think of Eric Stokes? Yeah, so, well, just as far as that pick itself, they ought to have traded out. I think they were waiting for either uh, Newsom or Bateman, who got popped three picks and two picks ahead of them, respect, respectfully. Gudikins panicked there and, and, and made the pick instead of trading back into the second round. There was only one cornerback taken over the next 14 picks. I think it's theoretically possible that you could have gotten Eric Stokes in the, you know, with the eighth pick of the second round, with the 10th pick of the second round, with the 12th pick of the second round, with the 14th pick of the second round. Yeah. Um, to, to take him there, first of all, was it, it was a reach in a vacuum that's even worse because you didn't take the obvious opportunity to trade down. J- just as far as the slot itself, I mean, like, for me, Eric Stokes was a second-round player. Uh, I know a lot of folks agree with me, but again, like, it, beyond that, it was not taking advantage of you know, or pick, you know, not regrouping after, you know, you got sniped on both Bateman and Newsom and then picking up extra draft equity and move back because they could have gotten the same player, I think. All right, moving on. The second round, we have Corey Lindsley Light, Josh Myers, the offensive lineman out of Ohio State. What do we think about this cat? Yeah, so to me, he he was overrated. I And I would have taken Creed Humphrey there. Like, I like Creed Humphrey a, a heck of a lot more than Josh Myers. Josh Myers, he's one of those guys that should be better than than he is. And if you look at his, you know, you look at his tape and you look at his, his PFF splits too, you start to realize why people were like, oh, you know, how, how did Justin Fields take so many sacks when he was in front of this awesome offensive line? Myers gave up a whole bunch more sacks and pressures than he ought to have from a pivot that's like well-respected like he is. There's, you know, I saw communication issues like along the interior of, of, of that line where guys would just get through because it wasn't called out and stuff like that. Um, it, it's, it's physically, I'm a little bit lower on him than others, but there's, there's that weird thing where it, he doesn't get his teammates on the same page, and, you know, and, and, and mistakes can happen because of that. He, the, the Packers obviously have a conviction there. I would have gone with it. Like Creed Humphrey is the obvious example of the guy I would have gone with there. Yeah. Uh, Thor Nyson joining us right now, NBC Sports Edge, Roto World as well. Uh, great follow on Twitter. Amari Rogers, this is the wide receiver that I liked out of Clemson in the third round. What do we think here about Amari Rogers, Thor? I'm not a fan of Amari Rogers, and I, I think I think in particular he's a bad fit for the Packers. The Packers finally take a receiver, and you know, like you have, I mean, assuming that Aaron Rodgers is still your quarterback, you have a quarterback who's you know one of the most accurate downfield quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, and you finally, after a couple of years of just you know skewing that position, not not infusing any young blood into it, you finally take a receiver. You take a glorified running back. Uh, Amari Rogers is a guy who only catches manufactured touches. It's all extended handoffs down the line of scrimmage. Uh, it, that's a fit for Jordan Love's game. Jordan oh, Love threw a whole bunch of screen passes at Utah State, and I bet you, a, a, you know, dollars to donuts or whatever, that pick isn't for Aaron Rodgers. That pick was for Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need a guy that he turns left to right after he gets a snap and, and chucks it down the line like, like a, you know, he's a Ty Montgomery type to me. You know, for for Packer fans, you know, as, as far as that goes, it, it's just not like. It's 
it's it's a wasted um, you know asset with with Rodgers on with Aaron Rodgers on the field. Again, I want a guy that can catch the ball 10, 10 plus yards downfield. Rodgers is going to do the manu- Amari Rodgers is going to do the manufactured touch thing for you. But with Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback, I don't need that. <sighs> All right. So it sounds like Amari <laughs> Rodgers could be the guy wearing twelve in Green Bay next year. Oof. If they want to save, jerseys. Yeah. they're saving on jerseys, eh? Maybe, yeah. Thor, Thor, oh my God, hold me, Thor. All right, uh, Royce Newman, the offensive lineman. What do we think about Royce Newman real quick? Okay, luckily, these next two picks I actually like. Okay, Uh, cool, cool. I like that. Yeah, he, he, he's a super projectable guy, and I, I first got onto him, uh, it was either last summer or the summer before, because Jim Nagy had tweeted out like that, that he had talked to the Mississippi staff, and this kid was like a, like a super athlete, you know, and, and like to keep an eye on him or whatever. Um, he, he's gotten better and better. It, it, he always had the athleticism in the frame, and he's improving, improving, improving. That, that's one of those dice rolls in the middle, middle rounds that I like a lot, because it, it's not just that I think that kid can come in, and potentially play early. It's that I, I think that there is untapped ceiling uh, left to go. So I I ranked him right around where the, the Packers had him. That was one pick where where they and I were on the same page with it. All right. So then Thor, moving on, uh, Slayton, uh, the defensive lineman out of Florida. You like him too, yeah? I do. Yeah. He's like so in this class. Like if you were looking for like the the big dude that cannot be moved, you know, like the mountain from Game of Thrones. If you're <laughs> looking for that in the interior, you, you had at the very. It was Shelvin. And then uh, the only other kid was, like, Bohanna. And then it was Slayton. There were so few kids that, like, you know, projected as that immovable object in the, in the middle of the defense. Uh, so I, I like Slayton for those reasons. He, he had a skill set that was scarce in this class. And, I, you know, I ranked him right around where the Packers had him. So I might have even ranked him a little bit higher. So, you know, at that slot, it's a very good pick. And it's also taking one of the last guys that is able to do that that yeah. is available in that class. All right, another cornerback. Uh, the Packers go in the fifth round. Shamar Jean Charles. What do we think about this this guy uh, out of Appalachian State? Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of his game. Which, like, it, you know, when you watch him at Appy, he could take care of a lot, a lot of the guys that, that he was against. So, I, I, my issue is thinking about him in the projection. Um, you know, he he he's a feisty, scrappy kid, and everything like that. But you're talking five ten, one eighty four, and he tested forty second percentile coming in. To, to the NFL, you know, at the cornerback position. But you got to realize that that's going back to 87 and includes everyone that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. If, as far as his athletic profile heading into the NFL at that size, it, he's going to be more like the 20th percentile of the guys that didn't wash out. And so he's got to make it. He's got to overcome that. In, in translation, that's my question for him. Is he athletic enough to, to – to keep the same play style that you saw at Appalachian State. Thor Nyson joining us right now, NBC Sports Edge and uh, Roto World. We're just going through it right now. Rapid fire. Follow him on Twitter at ThorKU. All right, Thor, before we're out of here, uh, just remember we are in Wisconsin and we have a special you know, c- connection with this guy. We have ties to this cat. Cole Van Lannen, offensive lineman, yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, this is this. So Van Lannen <laughs> is a guy that um, he out. Like he outplayed his physical attributes throughout at Wisconsin, so I will concede right now. I could definitely be wrong about that kid because I ranked him lower <laughs> than he played. This is another issue of the projection, you know, to to, to the next level or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and but I will say Van Lannen tested a little bit better at his pro day um, than I thought he would. You know, he had an eight point five RAS score. Um, he's a little bit light. And, and stuff like that. But when you're projecting him, you know, inside, if, if he has movement skills that I wasn't giving him credit for on tape, because I wasn't, um, 
that's how Cole Van Lannen recoups more of the draft equity than you put into him. Gotcha. Okay, well, we're excited to see his uh, career and see what happens. Uh, two left, Isaiah McDuffie, the linebacker. What do we think about uh, the linebacker out of Boston College, Thor? That was one of my, my favorite picks of the Packers. I, in fact, that probably was my favorite pick of theirs, just in terms of like <laughs> where they round. were in the spot. Or sixth round, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, well, just in terms of the value, because that kid absolutely should have gone before then. You know, that's to, to me, that's the steal of of, of the Packers. Nice. I, I was a little bit surprised. He moves around really well. He's he's a he's a versatile kid. Um, plays really really hard. He he didn't get seen as much, you know, because he played at Boston College. But I'm really surprised that he filtered down. You know, there's there's so many different things he can do on the field. And like I said, he's got the athletic profile and transition to the NFL. So you know, getting him there. The only reason that kid falls down is because he's six one two twenty seven. It's the only reason he yeah. fell beneath some teams' size threshold. But again, because of the way he tested, we can we can project him to overcome some of those size deficiencies in the box at the next level. All right, Thor. Last one, Kylan Hill, the running back. What do we think of this guy from uh, Mississippi State? Another pick that I liked. I, I, you know, again, I was surprised he was available where he was, and the only reason that he was available there, uh, two reasons. Number one. He was supposed to have this awesome season with Mike Leach this past season. His game was a perfect fit for Leach. And then they had this weird thing at Mississippi State where, like, all the veterans were leaving and stuff like that during the season, like, opting out. And, and Leach was going with the young kids. Hill ended up leaving early, so we didn't get to see much of him in, in, in 2020. And then the other thing was I, I heard some things, like, not, not that he's a problem child or anything, but, like, you know, just I, I heard rumors of, of a slight bit of petulance, let, let's just say. And I'm <laughs> guessing if I ended up hearing that, that the NFL – you know, knew, knew more about maturity issues or whatever. Yeah. And so for those two reasons, he falls down. But the thing about Kylan Hill, crazy explosive in a, in a really well-built physical frame. And I love that he can catch the ball as well as he does. If, if he ends up being a factor in the NFL, I, I think it's going to be because of those receiving chops. He catches the ball smooth and the, the acceleration is snap fast, turning up field and, and getting down there. So as far as just a pure running back, I think the Packers will always have someone on the field that is, or on their roster that you know can do that a little bit better. But the, the receiving game chops with him is is where it really interests me. Hey Thor, we thank you so much for your time, man. We could talk draft all day. We got to uh, you know pass the baton to our next show here. But speaking of your Twitter account, we we're all going to follow along at Thor Ku. I saw you getting a little uh, testy with another big J on Twitter, Peter Bukowski. Thor, I was oh. siding with you, man. That guy. Nothing bugs me more than people that sit on an ivory tower in New York telling uh, other people how they should do their job. Yeah, that was a, that was a very unfortunate thing. I, the Packer fans never get after me on Twitter. I, I totally get it. You know, I, that, As a fan, that's your prerogative. Please yell at me if you disagree with <laughs> my opinion. But for a Packers writer to do it, it, it was very odd. Yeah, very odd. He's he's He's, he's kind of like Rodgers, a little soft. Yeah, soft. There you go, Thor. <laughs> Thor, thanks for joining us, brother. We appreciate you. Have a good one, man. Hey, thanks, guys. See appreciate you, buddy. You guys. And don't forget, Peter Bukowski, soft. You heard it here. See you, Thor. There he is, Thor Nystrom.